amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, afternoon, uh, and even morning for some of those of you who are on the uh, West Coast. So welcome to Dow Tuesday's Human Ascension Within the Tree of Life, uh, where we get together on this Tuesday and we um, just rebuild and Today is going to be a great conversation about the human intellect and um, versus our original spirit when we move up um, the tree of life. So what you may want to do is just simply go to Google, get an image of the tree of life in Kabbalah, which really just represents a cosmic concept of our reality. Um, don't be afraid of it. It's just a cosmic concept of our reality. We live with knowing we live on a planet. This planet right now is in the darkness of space spinning around. And the tree of life diagram just shows us the various other planets within our solar system, our local solar system, and the connections between these particular planets. And it represents these planets represent spheres of consciousness. Okay. Uh, one thing I immediately like to do and to introduce your, your, your mind to, in the sense if you do not know, is to be able to see it from the standpoint of the government in which you live under those of you, those of you in the United States, because you will see the, um, uh, if you Google the Statue of Mars, Mars Statue at the U.S. Capitol Building, the place where they make the laws that there's a statue of the Roman god Mars right there. Um, also, if you um, you can Google Neptune, the statue of King Neptune is outside of the Thomas Jefferson Library um, of Congress as well. And, uh, and my birds, you may hear my birds going off. They arguing with each other right now, so excuse them. Um, but you will see that as well. So you will see um, various um, um, cosmic reference points, especially in Washington, D.C., with the Washington Monument, which is an Egyptian obelisk pointing to the heavens, it is really talking about a very spiritual phenomenon, and most importantly, just a respect. It's a respect for uh, where we're at in space and time, all right? So that's what the, um, um, that's, that's what it's for. So, again, the Tree of Life is just a diagram that will start to prep our mind to understand the cosmic reality in which we live. All right? So get the image out because we're going today we're going to deal with um, sphere number eight, which will be on the bottom left-hand side of the tree. All right? So as you do that, let me go ahead and make some uh, quick announcements. Of course, visit our main website, which is myastrologycoach.com. Go to the events tab. And you will see that the equinox is really right upon us right now. So the spring equinox, which is considered the first day of spring, is around March 20th, which is next Friday. We'll be in Florida, all right? So we'll be in Orlando. The only option that we have available now is the meet us there option. 
um, which you will come in and you'll just parlay with us, man. We're going to have a great time. Friday is going to actually be a um, workshop um, PowerPoint presentation at the hotel Friday night. Go off to the beach and get get together for an empowerment um, and just really recognizing and respecting where we are in space because this equinox is something special is happening. We have a solar eclipse when the moon blocks out a little bit of the light from the sun is happening. That doesn't happen every month, okay? So we have a solar eclipse happening on the day of the equinox. And the equinox means that the daytime hours to nighttime hours are even. So this is a point when the earth is in complete balance, and she only does this twice a year. So out of 365 days, there are only two days that the earth has complete balance dealing with light and darkness, okay? This is known as the equinox, that you live somewhere close to the equator, all right? And that's interesting because it's really based off where you live. So I'm going to say the people that's below and above what we call the equator, all right? <clears throat> so we to have something special going on um, cosmically, obviously, in the sky. And you just want to be in tune with the cosmic phenomenon because guess what? When it gets warm outside, you start dressing a little bit more um, freely, and you make sure your car is washed, I always say. You make sure that hair is did, your hair done on Friday at the barbershop, at the, at the beauty salon. Um, we react off of sunlight, okay? Uh, we have a very, very, very positive relationship with sunlight. You like, you love a nice sunny day, okay? So we just, you just got to embrace it a little bit more and start infusing the cosmic principles into your daily reality to start to have a little bit more of an intimate connection, all right? So join us um, in Florida on Friday, March the 20th. We check in Friday, uh, and we out of there on Monday, going to go to Disney World, the beach, um, do some jet skiing. Those of you who are not scared to go skydiving, we're doing release your fears, so we're going to go skydiving on a Saturday morning. Um, wake up and have a sunrise meditation on the beach. And the same thing for Sunday. So Friday night we together on the beach. Saturday morning we get together and, you know, sunrise, and then we start our day of fun. And then Sunday morning do the same thing again, sunrise and another day of fun. All right, if you can't make that, definitely join us for the summer solstice. Summer solstice, we're going to be out at Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta is in California, Northern Cali. Beautiful place. I've personally been there. It's definitely a crystal. It is all kind of legends. All kind of legends have been written on um, Mount Shasta for as far as the ancient Marian temples that's there. Uh, I mean, just all kind of stuff. You can just do a Google image search on Mount Shasta alone, and you'll see some pretty cool um, cloud formations that are actually over the mountain itself. So the mountain serves as a crystal. And in the, in the metaphysical community, um, it is a well-known fact when you're dealing with what we call the crystalline grids or the earth grids, these sacred places on planet Earth, um, 
Mount Shasta serves as an antenna that just emits powerful, sacred, spiritual energy out into the universe, okay? The same thing with, like, a Sedona, Arizona. The same thing with, like, Mount Pisgah in Asheville, North Carolina, what we call the Sedona of the East, you see? So there's certain places that are just, uh, in the United States, it's just highly charged, and that was part of our mission here was to take people, introduce people to these sacred places because for the most part, <clears throat> we always got to get out of the United States and to enjoy a vacation. And, and and the goal is to actually show you the spiritual phenomenon, the wonderful places, the vortexes of energy that exists right here in the United States. And uh, on a physical plane, the United States government can't be one of the most dominant governments in the world without having a spiritual power behind the landmass that it operates from. It's impossible. You got to have a spiritual equivalent in the unseen world to match the physical manifestation of the seen world, okay? So there's some very, very sacred places that are here, um, Native American mounds, things of that nature. If you live near one, find it, go there, fill it, connect with the earth, all right? So the summer solstice in June, we in Mount Shasta. Um, I'll spend a day in San Francisco and Oakland as well. There's going to be some powerful stuff going on there. You do not want to miss that mountain. I've been, and I always share that story, I've been there and um, sat in the base the base of the mountain in the woods on a log, and I just opened my eyes, and the next thing you know, I was crying. Seriously crying. Not boo-hoo and sobbing, but tears running out of my eyes, and I saw all these, all these blinking lights was around me all of a sudden. It's a very mystical place, all right? So... Join us for the summer solstice in Mount Shasta. Also, mark your calendars for 420, the official release. Uh, that's the pre-release, rather. Uh, Planets and Harmony is going to release on iTunes. So it's my first iTunes project, um, explaining the planets and, con and the concepts of the planets. Also, tap it into some angelic and divine names, um, certain planets. All planets represent a different frequency. So therefore, if it's a different frequency, like music, there's a different sound. It's a different holy name, a divine name, or the creator. Um, that you can actually get in tune with to best harness this particular force into your life. All right, so it's Planets and Harmonies. It's Market Calendar. The pre-release is on 420. The official release date is a month later on May the 19th. Also working on something else that's I'm going to do a double release, but I'm going to be quiet on it for the time being. But I'll update you all on that. I'm back in the studio in two weeks. So once I get out of the studio, I'll update you on that. So it's going to be a double release, but something else is coming out. Also, visit the website. Go to myastrologycoach.com and just go to the membership tab. You see the Full Moon Empowerment Club is there on the full moons. We get together, do powerful um, powerful group meditations. and just synchronizing our mind and our body, our soul, our spirit together and recognizing the cosmic phenomenon of the full moon, which simply just means the moon is in complete opposition to the sun at that time, and it represents a point of male-female balance on the earth, all right? So when the sun sets at nighttime and it finally goes down in the west, on the east you see the big old full moon. That's the full moon. And you're in the middle of that reality. 
from this from from this viewpoint. You see what I'm saying? You are in the middle of that reality. It's very important to understand that because I'm gonna talk about that today, being in the middle of this reality. And this represents a time where you balance the male female energies in your psyche, in your life. Because and I'm talking I ain't talking about with your partner. That's fine as well. I'm talking about within you. Everybody has yin yang energy inside of them. Some of us have a surplus of yin-yang, and some of us are deficient in certain ones as well. There's a way that that can be determined. But anyway, get with us on the Full Moon Empowerment Club. Also on the membership tab, you'll see the Astral Tarot um, Network that's there. For those of you that's interested in a little bit more of personal uh, one-on-one guidance, personal astral reports, send them to you so you kind of learn the cosmic phenomena of where you at in space and time and how these things relate to you, you then can start to chart your future. The whole point of this is for you to be able to educate yourself to a point where you can identify rhythms. Very important to identify rhythms because everything happens in cycles, okay? So the good, the bad, the, all that happens within rhythms. If you can understand the rhythm, guess what? You can project your future. Okay, so join us at the Astral Tarot Network. Also on the shop tab, you see Cassilda's crystal corner with the bath salts, um, candles. The candles are going like crazy. Um, and uh, the candles are very spiritual. You know, human beings are very interesting to me because <laughs> on one level, it's like you scare the candles to a degree for spiritual purposes, right? But for that romantic dinner, you want a candlelit dinner. When it's time to relax, you take your candle in the bathroom with you and you you like that candlelit bath. It It becomes important for you at that particular point in time. There's power in that. But also it's very interesting, um, because on the Underground Railroad, they use candles in, in the window to let you know that, hey, it was okay for you to come here and get to freedom. All the while, you were following what? The North Star. So stars become very important to the consciousness of people, then this candle becomes a fire aspect of it. So is there a way that you can use elements, and there is, to enhance your life? Because, again, look at the sunset. You love the sunset. Walking on the beach, that's a, that's a water fire element while you're on the earth. So you're infusing the elements while you're breathing the air, relaxing. There go all of your four elements in one of the most relaxing settings, the sunrise on the beach or the sunset on the beach. So there's a way that you can infuse the elements into your life to be more in harmony with yourself. All right, so visit Cassilda's Crystal Corner. Also visit the tab called Star Fusions Bath and Body by far, without a shadow of a doubt, the best bath and body product. I ain't going to spend no more time on it. It's awesome. It's all that. Everybody, every time somebody gets it, they hit me back like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This is it right here. So if you want an awesome bath and body product, go to myastrologycoach.com, hit Star Fusion. And um, also a great workbook to have is called the Mystic Brain Workbook. And you're going to see today why you should have that Mystic Brain Workbook. All right? So uh, let's get started here, man. Let's get started. Let me see. i got to go down to my show notes on page six, where we at here? All right. All right, so this is week three. If you have missed week one and two, just simply come right here where you're listening to the show at right now and go into the archives and you want to look for Dial Tuesdays and look for episode one and two. Very important that you get one and two 
because this is going to be about a 10 to 11 week, easy 10, because I got to cover all 10 spheres. And you want to follow them in a numerical order because as you see your diagram of the tree of life on um, that you're looking at, we have to walk up this tree, okay? And we have to, it looks like on a 2D plane, it looks like we are ascending from sphere number 10 and we're going to walk ourselves all the way up to number one, to the Godhead. But in, in reality, we're actually spinning into that. Turn that vertical tree of life that you're looking at and lay it flat and understand that you're spinning within the solar system inside of your ascension. There is no up and down. You're spinning around the sun. This is the place of the ultimate illusion, and we're going to talk about that. All right. So week three, we move into the sphere called HUD, all right, which is the planetary sphere of Mercury, the planet Mercury. The nickname here is called Splendor, okay? It's a lot of light that's here. Mercury is the closest planet to the sun. When you leave the sun, you come into the sphere of Mercury. When you leave Mercury, you come into Venus. When you leave Venus, you come to Earth and so forth. So Mercury is the messenger god because he's the closest one to the sun, okay? So the light that's being ejected from the sun into the deepest, deepest recess of space must pass the gravitational pull in orbital track of Mercury before it hits your reality. Think about that. If you go outside right now and you feel the light of the sun beaming on you, actually that light that's beaming on you was ejected eight minutes ago, so you're not even experiencing something that you think is in real time. That photon that left the sun, that's hitting your skin, left the sun eight minutes ago. But it also had to pass the orbital track the gravitational pull of Mercury and Venus before you felt it. So in truth, you are actually feeling light that has been charged or has that has been affected to some degree by these two planets, Mercury and Venus. Okay? Mercury is a planet that deals with the conscious processes of the human psyche. Okay? Whatever you say write, do, and think. All of your actions are predicated upon the position of Mercury when the person is born. I'll say it again. So you got to get your notebook out because I'm walking you through a particular process. This right here is by far my, one of my favorite series I've ever done, hands down. All right, walking you through a process here. Mercury is a planet that deals with the conscious process of the human psyche. Whatever you say, write, do, and think, all of your actions are predicated upon the position of Mercury when a person is born. So if you want to understand a person's mind with a basic and skilled eye, you can look at the aspects to Mercury when a person is born. Now, I'm going to talk about aspects, but let me back up a little bit because last week I got disconnected and I had to call in on the guest line and open my line up myself. If that happens, for some reason, I'll be back. If I don't hit end of the show, then you know I'll be back. I'm working on it. So every now and then we have these kind of hiccups, and I got into blog talks behind after that show last week, too, because I did not appreciate it. But anyway, an aspect simply means one planet's geometrical angle in space 
to another planet. Okay? So it's two planets in reference. Okay? And for simple mathematics, let's look at 12 o'clock, you have a planet, and at 6 o'clock, there's another planet. Well, we call that opposition because 12 o'clock is straight opposite 6 o'clock, right? So when we see 1230, the big hand and the little hand, they are in a straight line, but these two points, 12 and 6, are opposing each other. And when you have planets at certain geometrical angles, in astrology, we call this aspects, okay? Now, here's the funny part. The angle determines the type of behavior we'll see. So this in itself is a very it's an interesting concept and phenomenon in the cosmos and within human beings because if you have the planet, for example, if you had a planet Venus and Mars in the same constellation, let's say Venus and Mars is at 12 o'clock when you were born, and astrology-wise, let's say this is at Pisces, okay, this could produce a very passionate lover and or attract passionate lovers as the internal yin and yang, Venus and Mars, Mars is yang, Venus is, is yin, it's feminine. So the internal yin, yang, male, female energies within the body and psyche of the person are in harmony, okay? This makes, especially if you get the sun and moon to, to come in harmony as well, then this represents the male, female energies inside of the human body. Okay, they're in harmony with each other, which therefore means the energy that you emit called your personality, the things that you happen to attract in your life, there's a good chance that you will attract some solid, steady, good relationships. Okay, even if the relationships end, because most of us are going to experience relationships when they end, you still have a respect and be respected because of the harmonious flow that you emit from your being. Okay, if you had the same plans. But they're opposite each other. Let's take Venus at 12 o'clock, and let's take Mars and put it at 6 o'clock. Well, this will denote serious friction in relationships and is definitely a marker for potential, notice the keyword, potential domestic violence because Mars is aggressive, it likes to fight, and it wants to have sex and it's passion. And then it sees the feminine energy in complete opposition to where it is. So it's like, why are you looking at me this way? I want to be with you, and you're way over here. So we've got to put it in those kind of terms so we can understand it, you see? So what becomes weird is, <laughs> what becomes weird is if you have these same planets, but they opposite each other, it changes the frequency of the relationship. It changes what you're likely to experience. You understand? So the same planetary bodies are involved, but when the geometric angle changes in space, the nature of the relationship to what a person is likely to experience changes. Now, here's the question. Why does light, because a planet reflects light and it absorbs light as well, which is how you see at nighttime now, you see in the west, you see a bright, bright star in the west at nighttime. That's Venus. Next to that, a little bit further than that, to the right, you see a twinkling red star that's Mars. Well, it's reflecting light from the sun. That's how you're able to see it, okay? So here's the question, and this is just a question for food for thought. Write this down. Why does light behave differently within geometry? When the angle changes, the attitude 
which means that the angle is intelligent. You understand what I'm saying? The attitude is changing. The experience is, is changing. So, therefore, it is like the angle itself is intelligent. But what sits between the two objects, because we're going to say that for hypothetical purposes, we're going to have Mars at 12 o'clock, we're going to have Venus at 6 o'clock, or vice versa. I know I said it in, in the same, same concept, right? These two objects, what, what sits between these two objects appears to be empty space regardless to the angle. You follow me? What sits in between Mars and Venus when you're looking at it from this particular angle? Space. So realistically speaking, we can almost say that space is actually intelligent, okay? Because when you put them together at 12 o'clock, there's harmony. When you when you separate them by 180 degrees, 12 and 6 o'clock, 1230, uh-oh, now we got drama. But wait a minute. It's the same people involved. So why, why are they tripping? You understand what I'm saying? So is it the angle itself that has energy? Is it some type of space that exists between the two points that has energy that changes the behavior? <laughs> That's the question. And here's the answer to the question, all right, because this is this has everything to do with Mercury. This is the realm of intellect, all right? Note that it is not solely the empty space that is intelligent, for you are the empty space. You sit in between the planetary bodies circling around you. It is your perception of light. The angle in which you see the light known as planet determines your psychological state of being. Let's take it back to a full moon scenario. The sun has set. The full moon has come up in the east. You sit in between these two points, and you are, you are observing these phenomena as if it is in opposition because the way that you see reality here on the east is the moon, and completely in a straight line on the other side is the west, is where the sun went down, so we're going to call this opposition. So you are the one that's in the middle, and it is your perception of light that changes your reality. Yes, your perception of light changes your reality. And that's easy, because the only thing I have to do is take you from the hood and take you down to the Bahamas. You're going to have a time of your life. Why? Because the light is shining differently. Your perception of light has changed. So it is you that sits in the middle as the master operator. So HUD, or Mercury, in sphere number eight, is the sphere of pure intellect. This sphere is the immediate sphere above sphere number nine, which we dealt with last week, which was what? Our emotions. In this center of consciousness, talking about sphere number eight, we are to have intellectual emotions, meaning we need to develop the capacity to control our emotions. In the human brain, your conscious thinking self is called the neocortex. Remember, neo in the matrix. The human brain, your conscious thinking self, is called the neocortex and is mainly the frontal lobe. Write it down. The frontal lobe sits right behind your forehead. This is the planet Mercury. It rules your frontal lobe, the ability for you to make 
decisions, for you to know who you are, your name, the difference between what you perceive to be right and wrong. That's your thinking self, your conscious self. This is Mercury. This is air number eight on the tree. Now, negative emotions, backtracking just a little bit, because we got to understand in sphere number eight, we're in the realm of intellect. In sphere number nine, we're in the realm of emotions. So in order for us to master our emotions, we have to go to the sphere that precedes it, you understand, that appears to be in your diagram above it to get an understanding of it. Negative emotions is when we make uh, not-so-good conscious actions um, I'm going to say stupid conscious actions that we later come back to and say, and here's the classic, I don't know what came over me. I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> That's the classic line. I wasn't thinking clearly, right? The purpose of this sphere, sphere number eight, is to get you to become the Taoist master, the Kung Fu master. You know what they do? The Kung Fu master analyzes Every, and I'm going to put emphasis on every, they, they analyze every situation as threatening or non-threatening, and I'm not solely talking about a violent type of threat. See, look, every event, phone call, interaction must be intellectually processed as either soul-fulfilling or soul-degrading, Okay. When it is so degrading or in any form threatening, you at this time must become the master and not in any shape, form, or fashion are you to lose your cool or act irrational. The whole purpose of the master in training is to get you to use your logical brain in the most illogical situation. In other words, in Kung Fu, when you fight, you have to think. When you hit the ground, if you hit the ground for any purpose, don't you know you're supposed to make make a um you're supposed to let out a, a sound? Ah, why? Because you, as soon as you as soon as you hit the ground, that could be very painful, and that pain gets stuck in your body. But upon hitting the ground, if you release it upon contact, ah, not only do you release it, you transform it, transmute it, and you actually pushed it out of you by sound. You understand? So you are to think in the most illogical situations. You are to use your logic. That's the whole purpose of the training. Okay? So we have to really understand the psychology of the martial arts system within the human body's natural response, one of the natural response, which we call fight or flight, because you got to think when you're in that particular process. Okay? Now, Moving into the Tao, we have something called Shi Shen. Simply means intellectual spirit. We obviously need intellect. And our original spirit is called Wan Shen. And in the Kabbalah, I liken this to what modern Kabbalists call the Neshama. The Neshama is said to be the highest of the three human souls. Okay? Now, I disagree. Now, I want you to take some notes, and you can do some simple research, okay? Modern Kabbalah is called the Nishima, the highest of the three human souls. Actually, it's five, but main main text is three. Now, I personally say that the Ruach, which is number two in modern standards, 
right, is the highest level of the soul. And I have to break this down real fast because we cannot think that any man or woman is above an honest mistake. All right. So when you have spiritual texts that are are volumes and volumes and volumes of information, let's not act like a man and a woman did not actually write this with good intentions. But let's not act like that it is not entirely possible that someone made an honest mistake. It can happen. Okay? It can, it can absolutely happen. In fact, when I get like the strong concordance which shows you how many times a word was used in the Bible, and then it can take you back to the, the Hebrew word and give you the etymology, the meaning of the word. I can I find errors all the time. The number of reference that you that they give, well, in, in, in one of the Bibles, the number of reference that they give in, in a linear Bible, tell you where to look it up in Strong's, the, the number don't actually match the word that they define. They made an honest mistake. You think it's there on purpose? You make typos all the time. If it wasn't for the red line that pops up and tells you to click, right-click and change it to the right one, it can happen. Now, here's, here's I'm going to show you something. Now, in the three souls in Hebrew represents the nefesh. The nefesh is the lowest form. It's the part of you, when you go to sleep, you go off and you wander at nighttime. Okay? That's the lowest level. The second level is called the ruach. And then the highest level is what we just said is called the Neshama. That part, the Neshama, stays in the divine world, okay? So the Ruach is kind of like the bridge between the two. Now, one of the best things that you can ever do if you want to understand the mysteries of your reality um, and get into the psychology of the men and women who were scribing the holy text, okay, talking about the mind of God, the best thing that you can do or a great technique that you can use is investigate the first time the word appeared in the Holy Scripture that you refer to, okay? And that's when you would need a book called the Strong's Concordance, okay? So if you want to know about love, when was the first time love was introduced into the, into the spiritual story because that can give us that's like that's like that's like that's the grand initiation of the word of the concept. Okay. So let's look at Nefesh, let's look at Ruach, and let's look at the Neshama. We're taught in the Bible that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of the deep. Right? This, ladies and gentlemen, when they say the Spirit of God. Is called the Ruach, which means breath of spirit. Ruach Elohim, spirit of God. This is when the this was in the very beginning when the earth didn't have no shape, no form, and it was void. The Ruach, the spirit of God, moved. So we call this let's call this pre-creation because it said that the earth was without shape and form, and the spirit of God moved. There goes Ruach right there. So we are called back in the primordial beginning. Okay, so where did the next one come in? Let's go to Neshama. Neshama is used when God made man and God breathed into man and man became a living soul. The word for breath is Neshama. And when man became a living being, living being became Nefesh. So now we got all three in their correct context in which they were revealed in Genesis, the beginning. 
So the nefesh is the end product. I, I agree that the nefesh is the lowest level of the soul because it is the end product of creation of man. God breathed and man became a living being. He became nefesh. Okay? So God breathed into man the word for breath is neshama. Modern Kabbalists say that neshama is the highest level. I disagree. It is very high because it came out of the source. It came from the creator to give us life. I'm not downplaying it. I just think since it's in the middle in the, in, in the way it was revealed. Because when you look at Ruach, Ruach exists in the beginning before creation, where there was no shape, there was no form. It was the Ruach that moved God to create. You understand? So in the way that I teach it and share it, it's the Ruach is the highest level. Then it's the Neshama that came from the creator into man, and then you became a living being, which is nefesh. It is in that order. And I challenge you to go read it for yourself. You can get a interlinear Bible, or you can get a JPS Hebrew to English Bible, and you can do the translation yourself, and you will see it right there for yourself. Okay? So let's keep it moving here. I had to say that. All right? So, Moving to the intelligent spirit in the original spirit. Intelligent spirit has a polarity as with all things appear to have. I'm going to put a keyword and emphasis on appear because I talked about this, especially in week nine, about the duality concept. All right. Intelligent spirit in spirit number eight has a polarity with all things, like with all things does. Now, the intellect will start to intellectualize God. It will start to downplay the original spirit, your Wan Shin, okay? The intellect will downplay your original spirit. And thus, like most scientists and doctors, right, it's always them, scientists and doctors, the real alleged smart ones, right, they lose the concept of God but fail to understand that the underlying intelligence or invisible consciousness that is in everything from subatomic particles is what some of us call God. So now we can become so smart that we lack understanding of the same concept, although we're just using a different name. That's how smart we can become. So we start to divorce ourselves from the concept of a God, not knowing that The thing that you're chasing, what gives life or what is the unified field? Because no matter what you do, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to always trace it back to the realm of the invisible. You want to give it a try? We can do it right now. We can give it a try. Because if we're going to get it down to a cell, then what's telling the cell to move? If you're going to tell me that a molecule is telling it to move, then what makes up a molecule? And if you're telling me something makes that up, then I want to know what makes that up. And if something makes that up, then I want to know what makes that up. So you are never going to get past the 13-letter word called consciousness. It's invisible. You have to accept the invisible reality. It just is. It just is. Or you can call it energy. Okay? Or God. Some of the same things. 
So the goal within this sphere is also to make your intelligent spirit focus on your original truth spirit. Become knowledgeable about your spirit and soul and consciously choose to cultivate them and align them together, 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 and not separate the body from the soul and only use Sundays as your day for church and Friday if you in Hebrew community as your day of Sabbath or if you Muslim, you use Friday and it's called Juma. No, 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 no. See, God is ever living within you every day, and your intellect must respect and cultivate the God and goddess within you every single day to the best of your ability. I can't stress this enough. We have to do away with the fragmentation of consciousness. So when it comes to our, especially when it comes to our spirit. So in other words, what I'm saying is work, play, fun, it's all spirit because when you turn your intelligence over, your intelligent spirit over to your original spirit, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to start to see God in everything that all that you do. In all of your experiences, you're going to be able to see God. That's the goal. In this reality of intellect, you have to turn your intellect over and focus. You've got to have a focused intent like church, like meditation, a constant inner dialogue with yourself about cultivating your spirit so you will start to see God happening in your reality. You start to see people start to show up. You were just thinking about this, and this happened, or as you're thinking about it, a car pulled in front of you, and the license plate says, you are blessed, and you see the number 33, and you, you know, you start to see and have these, experiences because God starts to talk back to you and most importantly you have to know that you are you're thinking about it so much with such pure intent right with such pure intent you actually magnetize or truthfully you made someone appear into your reality to confirm what you were thinking to let you know that you are on the right track. That's how that works. Okay? So we got to do away with the fragmentation of consciousness. One of the biggest problems that we have in the human psyche is agreeing that we see duality, right, wrong, up, down, black, white. We don't see that. <laughs> like, we got to get out of that. The male is superior to the female because he appears to be stronger physically and he's bigger than her. And the woman is superior to the male because she appears to use more of her entire brain in day-to-day operations, whereas men appear to use a smaller portion and, and she can carry a baby for nine months and he can't. All of it is nonsense in a race of duality. See, here's the real question and the real beauty of the creator. The real question is this. Since man and woman are not clearly the same beings in our physiological makeup, how are we then equal? <laughs> That's the beauty. You understand what I'm saying? See, the in the Tao or the universe, it don't care about this pound-for-pound, inch-for-inch reality. The balance is within the invisible force that we call attraction or gravity. If we look at it on a mundane level on physical components of male-female aspects, I like to understand that the man is a quanta 
quantitative being. He thinks in numbers, more logical, mathematical. But he's quantitative in his biological makeup. We can have man ejaculate, and he can populate the entire United States in one ejaculation if he wanted to. And if he's skilled enough within a day, and, and he can actually populate the entire earth if all of his seeds turn into children. He has the capacity to do it as man. So he's a quantitative being in his biological design. A woman is quality because she doesn't say, here are a million, 500 million eggs that I need you to impregnate right now and tonight. She takes the best of the best. So she seeks quality. She seeks what nature shows us an alpha male. You understand? The one who has proven that his genetics is superior by the way of ensuring survival and offering love, that he has the mating rights. So she operates through her biological design based off quality. She is the quality control manager of life. Man wants the quantity. They work together, like having a store, a clothing store or something. You don't want cheap quality. You know what I'm saying? You want a whole bunch of high-quality stuff, or you just may specialize in very rare quality things. You don't have enough. You're not like Walmart. You're not getting into, we sell more for less. No, you got the exotic. It's only three of these. You understand what I'm saying? So that is the duality, and that duality is not a duality. It's actually, it is one. That makes night and day, or that makes creation, okay? This is why I say we have to understand that our senses trick us in this reality. See, nature defies the laws of physics. The Taoists, you, you are to study nature. Make observation. Because nature defies the laws of rational thinking. It defies the laws of physics. The bumblebee, well, this should not be able to fly because its body weight is entirely too big for its wings. That's impossible, but it does it. The firefly called the lightning bug, this dude is immaculate. He makes his rear end light up and blink at you. Like literally makes its butt light up and emits a light and then turns it off and turns it on again and turns it off. The electric eel, it sends water through electricity. And we're taught that that's a no-no. Water and electricity does not mix. They don't go. You can't do that. But the electric eel say, watch me. I'm going to show you. I have a protective mechanism inside of me that I will defy the laws of what you call logic. A snake sheds its entire body of skin. Let's go to the beautiful caterpillar who turns itself from a slow, creepy, crawling insect into a butterfly and flies away. Well, we got to really understand a caterpillar, a slow, creepy, crawly insect, goes into a cocoon, goes through a process where it morphs its body into something that flies away. Stop playing. So what you think you know, you do not know. And this is why in the Tao Te Ching, which just so happened to be the number two most translated book in the world behind the Bible. So this is why we're marrying the concept 
of the Tree of Life, which is the Bible, and the Tao. These are the two most translated spiritual texts in the world. So what you think you know, you don't know, because in the Tao Te Ching, it has a very popular saying in chapter 1 that says, the Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. And I take that to mean this. You think the sun rises in the east because your senses tell you, look, the sun is rising. At 12 o'clock, look up in the sky. It's above your head. And in this reality, if you're not, it looks like it rises. It's up above your head, then it sets. It's moving. But you moving. You're the one that's spinning around it. It's not moving around you. You're spinning around it, but you don't even feel the motion of the earth, and your sense of direction never changes. So your senses in this reality on Malkuth in week 10, the very first show, show number one, rather, we talked about how this reality is an oxymoron, and you have to understand that that what's up is down and vice versa. Everything goes down here. It is to get you to a greater understanding of love because what you think you know, you don't know. Your senses is tricking you. It's, it's kind of like an icy cold thing where it's so cold that it burns you. Well, how the heck can something cold burn you? I thought cold supposed to freeze you. You understand? So we have to be very careful and really make the correct observation, and that's what we do in this sphere. In this sphere, number eight, we are to use our intelligence and realize that there is a greater intelligence that defies all logic, in this illogical consciousness, if you want to call it that, which is invisible, is the balance to the conscious logical mind that will deepen the experience and enrich, enrich the quality of our lives. So what we're saying is, in essence, when you understand the diagram of the human brain, I told you, that mystic brain workbook, you got to have it. When you understand the basic understanding of the brain, you will see that the left hemisphere is said to be more logical. The right hemisphere is said to be more holistic. I know a lot of people who want to just strictly stay in the right hemisphere. It's about being the corpus callosum. That's the part of the brain that bridges the two hemispheres. That's what you are. You are working to become a holistic being all the way around. Not totally right. There wouldn't be no need for a left and not totally left because we know you need the right. So in this sphere, we have to move out of the left and start understanding more of the mystical right. It's not taking you completely out, but you are to integrate both levels of consciousness and become one. Okay? It is absolutely imperative that we understand that our mental intelligence, we got to understand the mental intelligence because in this sphere, it is immediately before, guess what, relationships when we work with the ascension process within the tree of life. So in other words, what I'm saying is if we have spirit number eight deals with intellect, the next spirit, next week, number seven, Nazak, Venus, that is that is the realm of relationships. So if spirit number seven comes after the sphere of mental intelligence, when we reverse the process, we must mentally be intelligent in order to have relationships with somebody. That's just common sense. You follow me? i say it again. We're working from the bottom up. Some people like to build their house from the top down. That's fine. That's the fire application. 
We're going to do it from the top. We're going to do it from the ground up. That's the water application. And let me tell you something. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, and I only shared this, and you know who I shared it with, the prime minister. In the cosmic phenomena of your reality, when you observe the heavens and you understand the fixed stations of constellations based and compare that to what you actually see, these are two totally different things. And I'm not going to get into it right now, but in fact, I'm, I get into it in, in a class that's coming up in November. But <clears throat> there is more feminine energy in the cosmos than it is masculine energy in the cosmos. And that ain't hard to that ain't even hard to understand because the only thing you got to do is look at the physical plane of existence. Are there more physical women on Earth than men? Yes, it is. Absolutely. And and it will only make sense because again. Man is a quantitative being, so therefore he has to have someone to that manifests the quantity that he's capable of putting out. You understand what I'm saying? So nature is always going to produce more females than males, naturally. That's on a physical plane. In a spiritual plane, there's actually more feminine energy in the cosmos than there is masculine energy. All right? I'm going to leave it alone. I'll come back to it later. Now... <clears throat> so when we're working up the tree, walking up the tree of life, and you have spirit number eight, you have human intelligence. Now you know that you got to integrate your holistic brain, both spheres. You know you got to turn into the spirit. When we go next week to spirit number seven, right? Spirit number seven is a planet Venus that deals with relationships. So this means in the ascension process, I must be intellectually sound before I can embark on a union with somebody. It's very simple. That's all I'm saying. Now, I want you to understand something real fast. The pathway that connects your intelligence to the relationships. So we're looking at the tree of life. We're looking at spirit number eight, and we're looking at spirit number seven. There's a pathway. It looks like a street highway, a cosmic tunnel is what it really is. There's a pathway. It's also really, it's not just outside of you in space, ladies and gentlemen. This is really talking about a concept of perception from one region of your brain to the next region of your brain. Or actually, we can actually start to come out of the brain and may go to another region. So technically, what's really happening when we look at the pathway that connects the intellectual mind, sphere number eight, over to the sphere of relationships where we must go next. The pathway that connects that is really talking about the brain going down to your kidneys. Okay, that's that's what it's talking about. That's the real pathway. It is uh it is the path it is a vertical pathway that is coming from your brain going down into your kidneys. And I build more on that later. All right. So what do we say is the most important thing in relationships? You, this is what you hear people always say, communication. There ain't no communication. When, you, when communication breaks down, we ain't going to have no good relationship. That's that's the main thing to stay about. Have a great relationship, you must have great communication. Well, communication comes from spirit number eight, ladies and gentlemen. Spirit number seven in the ascension process is next. So are you lying when people say that? Absolutely not. But we cannot have... Um, communication without intelligent communication. See, without intelligent communication, relationships are subject to destruction. You know why? Because in the tree of life, 
people uh, who studied the mysteries decided to explain the pathways that connect these planetary bodies through the depiction of tarot cards, which are cosmic archetypes that explain personalities and things that we see in our living physical existence. That's all the cards do. The cards in itself really are cosmic forces. Modern cards have 78, right? I mean, I can break this thing down for you real fast. I wasn't going to go here, but I think I need to explain it because sometimes when you hear the term tarot card, people get scared. And it's nothing to be scared about because tarot is almost, it's, it's really the same etymology as Torah, which is your Bible or the Old Testament. And it's talking about the wheel of life because you're spinning. Torah is a Torah is wheel. You're spinning, okay, on the earth, on this axis, going around the sun. And you're doing this spin. So these 78 cards, you have um, you have 22 major trump cards. And these 22 major trump cards correspond to one of the 22 Hebrew letters in the uh, alphabet, but it's something called the 22 base amino acids that your body must make and synthesize with proteins in order for you to understand life, ladies and gentlemen. So these 22 cards, they understood, really stood for these 22 base amino acids that are in the human body. This now leaves us with 56 cards left, right? Well, there's also um, one card governs the whole zodiac sign, but there are three more cards that help with the sign. So it's really four cards per sign. One is the chief ruler, and it's 30 degrees in the zodiac sign. So then there's one card that says, hey, I'll take the first 10 degrees, which is zero to nine. Another card says, well, I'll take second shift. I'll work from the 10th degree to the 19th degree. And then another card comes in and says, hey, I'll work third shift. I'll work the 20th degree to the 29th degree, and those are 10 degrees. So you have one supervisor who oversees the entire thing, and then you have three foremen who come in and govern these shifts. So basically you got four cards that, that govern a zodiac frequency. Well, there are 12 zodiac signs, right? So if we say, well, 12 zodiac signs times four is 48. So we have 56 cards left, right? And we took the original 22 out to correspond to the base amino acids in your body. So if we say, well, what's 56 minus 48? Then that will leave us with eight cards left. Okay? So now you got eight cards left. The eight cards that are left symbolize the four elements, fire, air, earth, and water, in the four conditions. The four conditions are when the elements bump into one one another. And I created something called the Cosmic Tao, which is a new teaching that's actually coming in. We're going to integrate what we're talking about today inside of this course that's coming up in November to show you the um, this the brilliance of the creator in the cosmic flow of nature. So, for an example, when... Um, Air meets fire because fire needs air to breathe, right? 
When air meets fire, it creates a condition. The condition is called hot. Don't be blowing your hot breath on me, right? <laughs> right? Don't blow your hot breath on me. That's what happens. So what happens when fire meets water? It turns into moisture because if you throw, just burn, put, put on a fire and just put some water on it and watch what happens. It's going to go, right? So you're going to see steam come off, and steam is what? Moisture. You understand? It's moistness, so it creates that condition. Well, what happens when water meets the earth? It turns cold. Regular water hits the earth. It turns into a cold condition. The cold condition is actually opposite where we started, the first condition, which is hot. And then our last condition is when the earth meets air. What does that produce? It produces dryness. Blow, blow a plant. Blow on the earth. Go outside and blow a tree and see what that feels like. What is that? That's dryness. So the last eight talks about these cosmic forces, four elements, and then when they merge together like you do, so when you are a Libra and you're coming together with someone that is, um, I don't know, you know you're coming with somebody that's an earth sign, Capricorn, there's a cold energy that's coming together. That's not bad. But just because you, I'm just using that as a rough example, that is not actually the real way to determine that. Um, put that out there. But it is something to look at and get you started because we do exemplify our sun sign the most. So it's an excellent tool for stars, okay? So that's what the remaining eight represents. So these really represent cosmic forces. So my point is when you look at the tree of life and you look at the path that is coming from sphere number eight to sphere number seven because now we got to take intelligence, communication, intellect, into the realm of relationships, okay? Well, this pathway that connects us on the tree of life is symbolized by the tower card in the tarot, which represents destruction. And notice that the card is depicted as a man and woman falling from a tower. You understand? So the planet of communication, which is Mercury, sphere eight, connects to the planet Venus, which rules our relationships, and sphere number seven, Again, we're saying that communication, communication, communication is the key without you being intelligent in your communication process, right? Destruction is likely to set in. Now, when you understand the ascension process, if we look at it as a 2D model, this path that connects sphere number seven to sphere number eight is the first of the horizontal paths. There's only three horizontal paths as you're going up. The left side is said to be the feminine side. The right side is said to be the masculine side. Now, cosmic-wise, I disagree because I know the left side, cosmically, what's over there is actually the masculine side, and I'm not going to get into that. And I guess I am. I have to. Into a little, bit, a little bit of it. Really, the tree of life is you looking out. So instead of you looking at it, what you need to do is, like, take it off the paper and understand it's you looking out into the world like you're looking in the mirror, you see what I'm saying? Or put it under your chin and then understand what you're calling left is its right side when it's looking at you. It's its right side. As if it's a person, that's its right side looking at you, like you're looking in the mirror. So when you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at your left side, if you become the image in the mirror looking out back at you, what you perceive to be your left is now your right side. Okay? But anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, 
this is the first level of male-female relationships of bridging masculine and feminine energy together when we come from the world of intellect going over into the realm of relationships. Notice it is depicted by the tower card, which is destruction, which is a very 9-11 type of feel, okay? So it's something that we must truly learn inside of the human mind and get in tune with our original spirit before we can truly embark on a relationship that brings out or magnetizes the best um, aspects of ourselves, okay? Now, another factor, the last factor that we must consider and understand is the inner conversations that we have with ourselves. You must monitor your thoughts and these inner conversations need to be of the highest morals for yourself and for others. And in two weeks, the prime minister is going to be the guest on, because we're going to talk about judgment when we move to sphere number five. Um, It's going to be very interesting because um, um, he had an excellent experience immediately based off his internal thinkings and thoughts of the situation that manifested itself that day, which was yesterday, to show him how the laws work. When you become dedicated to your path of God and cultivating your higher self because that God is inside of you and you become dedicated to it, the signs of everything that you're thinking about and going through is going to come to you very, very, very fast to get you to understand the experience of where you're at so you can best get to your goal, okay? In other words, you better walk the talk, all right? So understand your inner conversations. Your homework assignment this week, and the first one I want you to watch um, is the YouTube video by Neville Goddard, N-E-V-I-L-L-E Goddard, G-O-D-D-A-R-D, called Inner Conversations. And all of his discourses are superb. But I want you to find the one about inner conversations first. And then as your day goes and you progress, Feel free. Go where your mind takes you, where your heart leads you to. All right? But find the one on inner conversation. It's very important because everybody has thoughts that we think. We daydream, we think, and science has proven that over, for real, for real, 90% of our thoughts are the same thoughts that we thought about yesterday and the day before that. So we're actually kind of stuck in a loop of doing or thinking the same thing. And if we're thinking the same thing, and nine times out of ten, we're doing the same thing. Because if we're thinking the same thing, that means we're feeling the same way, which means we're doing the same thing. And that becomes your loop in your habit. And spirit number eight is all about you becoming smart enough to look back at your old self, and your old self is the spear that comes after you now in this process. When you look back at spear number nine, that's the old destructive emotional self of bad habits that keeps you um, filling, and the filling reinforces the thought so you can think it again to feel the same way. That's the old you. You're now in the sphere of intelligence, and like we did in sphere number nine, you're most definitely the guardian of your thoughts within this sphere because the moment that that BS, that bull crap, pop up in your mind that's not a good thought um, you know, or that's a bad habit, whatever it is, you're going to check it. You're going to simply recognize it and let it know that, hey, I see you. I see you. In fact, I'm not going to even entertain you much more. Get out of here. 
So in other words, it's sort of like when the scripture says that um, and the devil appeared from behind the Lord and the Lord said, get from around me, Satan, beat it. Whatever you have to do, and this is a technique that we use, if you got to develop a command word, oh, yeah, because since you become intelligent, there's a part of your ego that's in your mind, that's in the spirit as well, that does not want you to become successful, that does not want you to become intelligent. And when I say successful, I'm not talking about monetary success. You can have that all in the world, but your soul is ignorant of light. You don't have enough light in your being. Okay? This ain't got anything about money. This ain't what I'm talking about here. Spiritual success and the cultivation of your soul is going to be a part of you that wants to block you. It's going to be a part of you that's going to start thinking these old behaviors and patterns, those type of things. That is what has to be checked. So you develop a command word. The command word can be shut up, you monkey, because in the death can cause the monkey mind. It's always jumping around from this and that. You sit down and try to meditate, and you're thinking about how you're going to pay the bills. And you sit down, you're trying to meditate, and you think about what this person said. The mind just wanders. So you got to pull it on back in. So whenever it starts to wander to a negative old thought, because you're ascending now, you have to check it on the spot and develop a command word, tell it to shut up, tell it to be quiet, sit down, I'm in control, I see you, I don't care what it is, you check it. And now you're going to start to train your mind to start getting in the habit and routine of checking it. And what happens every time you check something and you deny it? It stops coming around. And then you start to do what? You now have beat an aspect of your lower consciousness inside of your brain, inside of your mind. Okay? So for this week, develop a command word. And this way we can move successfully into next week's conversation, which is going to be spare number seven, the realm of Nazak, the realm of relationships. It's funny because the key word over here, ladies and gentlemen, is called victory. You win when you successfully unite in spare number seven. You win over there. Okay? So... It's been great. Of course, visit the website, MyAstrologyCoach.com. Like I said, go to the workbook tab. Go to the book tab. Get the Mystic Brain Workbook. Get the Gratitude Journal as well. Show gratitude in your life every single day. We have the journal in front of us. Um, we just express gratitude. It's a great thing to do. It's one of the ways that you can really work with this spirit. The best way to work with the spirit because, again, it deals with Mercury. Mercury is what? Communication, written, oral, Whatever, however you do it, it's what you're thinking. You have to express your highest attributes sincerely every single day to change your being. So get the Gratitude Journal, get the Mystic Brain Workbook. Those of you interested in a little bit of um, number science and how the creator or how the priest composed the ancient prayer and hid the feminine energy inside of the popular prayer known as the Anabakor, also known as the Miracle Prayer, there's a um, booklet that I did on it showing you why the priest left the only letter out that represents the female energy, which is the letter Mim. Right, which is water, water, mommy. Her water breaks the letter M. All right, they left that that word, that letter is not in the prayer, but the prayer itself represents her. And I showed a, a very eloquent way, I might add, of how she's actually depicted inside of that prayer without physically being in it, being there. We have to take the path of water. That's the path. That's where we have to go. We got to go into the path of water. So check that out. 
Of course, like I said earlier, visit the membership tab. Anything that you're interested in from the full moon group, nine bucks a month, you get together, do positive affirmations, group meditations, conference calls. That's there for only nine bucks a month. The Astral Tarot Network is there if you want to get a little bit more in depth with understanding the cosmic cycles of yourself and seeing who in your immediate future and just making sure you're cosmically aligned. That is there. And of course, um, there's Crystal Corner is there. If you need some candles to enhance your life, go there. If you want to take baths, if you take baths, I recommend baths. Stop taking showers too. I'm getting, I'm feeling some type of way about that. Take a bath. A bath. I'm gonna tell you what a bath does, man. I don't, you want the bath? If you if you want to rid negative energy, right? And not just because you're washing up, which is great, right? But if you want to stop negative energy, and then you want to build a reservoir like a dam, like you reserve the water to get the power in your relationship and with yourself, take a bath. Take baths in in, in relationships. Take a bath with your partner, especially, especially if you can do it when the sun starts to set around that time because there's a different energy that's coming into the universe. Don't you know throughout the day, so you look at night and day as yin and yang, right? And that's fine because that's true. There's four directions, ladies and gentlemen. So please tell me what principle yin and yang, which directions do they rule? (laughs) Because that is going to give us an energetic diagram on how to get in tune with the energy inside of us. All right, so I'm saving it for the cosmic dial lessons and whatnot. Um, so, but take baths, take baths, and use the Star Fusion product on my astrology coach on the shop tab because it's a lot of love and a lot of just great energy in that particular product. All right, and visit us on the events, man. If you can meet us in Florida, that's where we're gonna be at. Not this Friday, but next Friday we in Florida. Uh, Orlando, if you can come down and join us on the beach, please do so. Make it happen. Choose to meet us there. Option. It's the only option that's available. If not, then try for the summer solstice where we actually be in Mount Shasta. And for the fall equinox, I'm not going to even tell you, but it's going to be very, very. Um, uh, I say this for those of you in the northern hemisphere, and for you, since we're talking about next week is going to go into relationships, the fall equinox. September 20th, 21st up in that area um, um, is the most important time of the year without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you who know this. I'm going to tell you who know it. Those who practice the Hebrew culture, you can call it Jews, you notice that Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the year, the new year, starts around the fall equinox. It's generally around a couple of days after the Virgo new moon or depending on what kind of year we had, it's the Libra new moon. So it's anywhere within the range of September, October. The first galactic point in it in, out of the four cardinal points is the fall equinox. It's this region of space that they start their year predicated on the new moon when the sun and moon, mommy and daddy, cosmically come together. Why that portion of the year? What's new about that when nature is about to start to regress? 
meaning it's fall time. The leaves are falling. Earth is starting to get cold. Why is this the new year? It's a hidden jewel inside of that phenomenon, and the Islamic New Year is right around the corner from that as well. What is it about when the earth is in a certain region of space at this particular time that you decide to call it the new year? Hmm? The fall equinox, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be very, very important to balance the synchronous internal energies. So it's going to be high elevation, high elevation. We, I'm going to tell you now we're going to be about... 7,500 feet in elevation. And um, it's going to be a really intensive internal thing where we're not necessarily going to go out. We have to do a lot of internal work at that particular time to get ready for the year. All right? So it's been fun. I want to do this all day today. It's just one of those days and whatnot. But it's been fun. Share with a friend. We're right here. Blog Talk Radio, man. If you're interested in the hip-hop aspect, visit hiphopastrology.com. Also, follow Minister Jewels on Hip Hop Astrology on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter under Ample Astrology, a.k.a. The Urban Guru. Um, we there, man. So visit the main website, myastrologycoach.com. And thank you. It's been a blast. Peace. Oh, I was going to say peace. Oh, he hung up. I missed him. So, Mr. Drew wanted to say something, but he, he dropped off. But I'm going to get him on next week because he, he's going to add on to something. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.